Welcome to the Top of Blues, your source for all things Everton. We are rolling deep today, everybody. Uh, joining me today, I've got Terry of, uh, of of the comic book room. So, Terry, good good to talk to you again. Love <laughs> to him. All right, I've got uh, famed Colombian international footballer uh-huh. Max. Max. In the uh, box room, yeah. <laughs> you doing all right, bud? Yeah, man, I'm good. Awesome. All right, and joining us as well to to give us a, a, a nice round four, we've got previously longer bearded man who used to come on here quite often. He's joining us to 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 give us his take on on recent Everton things. We've got we've got David back with us. David, how are you, my friend? I'm very good. How are you, Jerry? I'm I'm all right, man. That's I'm in good, pretty man. good headspace these days, except for you know Everton feelings, but they're getting better. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, David, talk to us a little bit about what you've got going on lately, man. You, I see you uh, dropping a lot of content about about you know not just Everton these days, but you're you're all over the place. It seems like what what have you been doing? Um, I'll give you the short answer. So I um. <laughs> I do a lot of tactics, tactics writing for well, quite a few clubs up and down the country. Um, yeah, I, the company I work for, Reach, they own a lot of the um, the local um, local media sites. So that's your Liverpool Echoes, your Manchester Evening News, Football London, uh, Newcastle Chronicle, a lot really. So um, me and another lad, Josh Williams, um, we're... I think the official role is a scouting writer, um, but it just involves lo- looking at a lot of a lot of football teams and doing a lot of um, a lot of pieces on them and some event ones in between. And and I see you know as as you know falls in line with with your your passion. The thing you like you like so much is uh, it's a lot of uh, data analysis when it comes to. I mean, it's so much. Every single time, you're dropping like, okay, everybody, check out, the, and you just you just just drop a thread, <laughs> you know, yeah. just analyze, you know, analyzing the data. And uh, I mean, I'm sure people have a lot of you, a lot of people out there who may not have realized you were reading your stuff may already have, because mm-hmm. a lot of people share it. That's what I yeah. noticed. Yeah, well, I hope so. The, the threads are to be a little bit more interesting, but it's um, I don't know. Sometimes they're not always feasible or. Sometimes people don't read the rest of the tweets, which has happened quite a lot on this latest one, which has been driving me insane, to be honest, because so many people thought I was trying to celebrate that Everton had a good possession stats this season, which it was anything but, really. Um, so, yeah, just do us a favour before you tweet me, read the rest of the thread or or just don't, because you're making yourself look stupid. <sighs> anyway, sorry, David opens with a finger wag. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will say I was reading one of them that I actually, you know, it's the kind of thing that we've we've talked about a lot in in terms of uh, so many crosses from mm. Everton, kind of going out going out on the flanks, crossing it in, and yeah. just really, it's. I think that was one of the threads you might have been talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is. Just a big issue at the moment, certainly against the side who, who sit in, where 
And we saw that against Villa, uh, against Sheffield United on Saturday as well, which we'll probably come to. But we're just... We seem to have one form of attack against those sides and it's very much get the ball out wide and aimlessly swing it in and hope that someone will get on the end of it. But, I mean, that's bread and butter for defence. It's easy to defend against. So, um, yeah, we, we have the second most crosses in the Premier League this season, but I don't think it's anything to brag about because the conversion rate from them isn't too too great. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty damn predictable. Mm. I mean, not even the Velociraptors on Jurassic Park attacked attacked the same place in the cage more than once. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't help it. I'm I'm a nerd. Uh, so <laughs> uh, so we're gonna get more into detail about that. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to kind of give people a little bit of an idea of what David's up to now, besides his modeling career. Uh, so I just wanted to just just to make sure everybody's aware. <laughs> oh, welcome back. Uh, so Boxes my fire, yeah. So for the people listening via podcast out there, here's what you got in store today. Um, we decided that rolling with four today would be a good idea because it's a, it's an interesting time for Everton right now um, to get four opinions. Uh, it's an interesting time. Um, I think the, some people were, were really uh, concerned before the, the, the Sheffield Wednesday match yesterday. So uh, it just seemed a good idea to roll deep and actually get some conversation going and get some of the opinions out there that I, I'm sure some of you will will uh, identify with. Um, so we're going to start with a extra time on the on the Wednesday Cup win. Um, if you uh, if you didn't if you're not aware of what happened, uh, I, you're not going to be able to relive it because it wasn't on TV. It was a two 0 Everton win. Uh, we had to listen to the radio and uh, and, and check highlights. So uh, we'll go through that. We'll talk about that and, uh, as the best of our to the best of our ability. Then we're going to do a match preview. Um, yeah, uh, next league game, next league matches, uh, Manchester City. Um, so there's that. We have to talk about it. That's a thing. So <laughs> then we'll uh, we'll get into a quiz between these three gentlemen. It'll be Price is Right-ish. And that's all I'm going to say. Although it doesn't deal with Price. So it really should be something else is right. But whatever. So, gentlemen, extra time. 2-0 win to Everton wearing their, uh, wearing their salmon. Which uh, looked pretty smart, got to be honest. And that's why I wore this shirt. It's the only thing I had that had something close to that pink. It's literally, I had nothing else. You know, uh, everything else I have is uh, red-ish, and I don't wear red normally. Yeah, so there's there's the, the blue nerd in me. Um, so, guys, starters, Pickford, Sidibe, uh, Holgate, Mina, Dean, Davies, Delph, Bernard, Iwobi, Richarlison, and Calvert-Lewin. Immediately, there's some things that pop out at you. Uh, about that particular lineup. Uh, but there's too many to sit there and list it quickly. Uh, so I'm gonna, we're going to go one by one. But I want to start with, with David, uh, who has been able to kind of crunch the numbers and check out the statistics on this one. Uh, Dave, what, what stuck out for you about this particular match, about yesterday? Um, I felt like the damage was done in the first 10 or 15 minutes, which is, I mean, it couldn't have gone more perfect really under the circumstances that Everton within going into the game um, from the start of the 11 as well if you would have picked the person to score the two goals it would have been Calvert-Lewin so 
it was a perfect start and kind of set the foundations for a good win. But I don't think it was a fantastic win from what I can see. And um, Everton were, as you would expect, the, the more dominant side. But it was still three shots on target, nothing special. Um, but the important thing was to get the win and get a clean sheet the first in five matches. So, yeah, it, was a, it wasn't a spectacular performance, but I think that the foundations were set early on with those two early goals. And it was a good thing to just see them ma- manage the game to the point where they, they could hold on and keep the clean sheet. Um, I mean, I got to tell you, listening to it, that's the way it came across. Uh, it came across like it's a pretty... Uh, you know, low energy affair after the first like you know ten to fifteen. Yeah, uh, it seemed like we were we had some chances. I mean, in particular, that uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin header in the first half that looked like he was around the six. It <laughs> just happened to go right at the keeper. Uh, he snapped through it. He definitely got some power on it. He just didn't place it. Yeah. Um, just yeah, he took so his chance as well. Yes, though, I thought well, certainly our first goal. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, the second one's a lot more simple, but um, yeah, I thought he done really well for the first goal. And I was trying to make a point that I won't get too much into it now. But two two games, his last two starts, he scored three goals now, and his, his xG numbers combined is about one point five for those two games, and he scored three goals, which is pretty impressive. Really, he's overperforming so. He's on the right lines over the last couple of games, and hopefully he can he can keep it up. Yeah. Um, so he was my first talking point. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, though, uh, he had chances and he scored. Other than that, I don't know a whole lot of el- else about his performance. Um, we'll get into a little bit more about whether or not he should be starting in the next one. Um, but I want to I want to go to how he scored those two. Um, and I'll rotate to Max now. Uh, first one was across from Sidibe. That was a, a weird, that was a weird ball. I can talk about just that little fade play. I thought it was a very strange pass combination. It was like almost like a medium distance ball floated in on the air. I mean, it was nice to see the attacking players taking up different positions. Obviously, you had him coming in off the left. Calvert Lewin coming in off the left. You've, you've got Davies who's kind of advanced through the centre, but. Strange goal, not complaining, but yeah, it was a very odd goal. The the second goal, just for you know, for me own personal satisfaction, it was a lot easier on the eye. I really like the link up play and the, you know the understanding that was demonstrated between the players. Short passes overlapping, not getting in each other's way, and as David said, the second was certainly an easier finish. Yeah, that one. Uh... I felt like we haven't seen a lot of those type of goals this season in terms of, especially when, when Sigurdsson's playing. Mm. Um, you tend to see these kinds of goals happen uh, when Iwobi is in uh, and has decided he's going to try to penetrate. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was, I, I agree as far as like satisfaction goes. The actual, I like the build up to that one a lot more. Uh, just watching us kind of incisively cut through. Um, uh, so Iwobi affecting the shape there. So this is this gets into more Iwobi play, Iwobi's play, playing for Sigurdsson at that kind of more central role rather than coming in from the flanks. Um, Where he should play, by the way, in my opinion. 
that is something I want to get to here. Okay. Uh, it, it affected our shape and it affected our average positions and all kinds of stuff. So Max, anything on, on, it will be doing, you know, being able to do that. And he's, I mean, he can penetrate a lot better than, than Sigurdsson, right? Yeah. Speed and true. quickness. I mean, particularly after a poor run of form, Sigurdsson just automatically becomes a point of contention, doesn't he? You know, especially when mm-hmm. we're all up in arms about the four-two-three-one, and arguably the only reason that we're, we're rolling with that is to accommodate him in his number 10 role and the fact that we haven't got the, the midfield three to roll with the four-three-three, But, yeah, but pleased with the Wobi. I, I did like particularly seeing him and Bernard w- within the same side. Obviously, not being able to comment on you know the game live obviously limits what I can actually judge from it. But it, you know, it seemed to all flow well. As I said, didn't seem to be stepping on each other's toes or getting in each other's way. But in terms of creativity from central areas, I want to highlight Tom Davies because I think that game. It just highlights how much more creativity you can get coming from the middle with players who have attacking intent. So rather that you know, rather than just playing it safe with the two defensive central midfielders, whose only kind of job or ambition is is, is sideways and backwards, you've got Tom Davies there, whose first thought is always to take the ball on the half turn, have his head up, and look to play it forward. Um, you obviously you know we saw the pitfalls of that also given the fact that he nearly gave the ball away before we even managed to grab a goal, um, which is obviously something that you've got to contend with when you play him there, um, and something that, again, will always be highlighted. But, again, given the the injury to Jabaman, beggars can't be choosers in this current situation, and I felt like what, I mean, obviously given championship opposition, I do feel feel like Davies predated a lot more than, say, what Schneiderland did alongside Delft. Uh, yeah, that, I think it's a lot to, <laughs> a lot to agree with there, Max. Um, I wanted to get Terry's take on this. Uh, Davies in particular was, was a player who seemed like I'm seeing some conflicting reports on, on the social media where people, some people are saying, Hey, Tom Davis looked great. He needs to, needs to be starting the next match. And then I've seen some other people saying, Oh my God, he gave the ball away so much, you know? And uh, sorry, if y'all heard that dog bark, that was actually not, uh, that was my phone. I have a dog barking ringtone. Yes. So, uh, Terry. Sorry, Vince. <laughs> it was definitely not a, not a real dog that will probably jump up on David's lap in a little while. Uh, so, so, Terry, talk a little bit about Davies. And if you want to get, delve into Iwobi playing that cent- you know, centrally, by all means, talk on that as well. That's not me, by the way. <laughs> can you can you hear that? Yeah. Oh, sorry, lads. Go on, sorry, Terry. <laughs> Cut me off. My cat never does this. Say <laughs> that. Shut the dog up. And you shut up as well. Sorry, mate. Go on, please. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom, Tom Davies. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to really think about Davies now without thinking about the Athletic um, article that Greg O'Keefe put out today about um, covered a lot of things, but one key part in it, uh, Max touched on it earlier on, was that Silver wants to play a 4-3-3 
with a uh, Gabaman Delf and um, Gomez in the middle three, and I think that's if if you know obviously injuries have had their say on that. You know the natural number six that's been brought in in Gabaman, he's got like a long term injury, so I think that's been shelved for the time being. They, they, that may explain why they've reverted back to the four two three one because it's what the players are comfortable with. I think we'd have seen a lot more of Tom Davies so far this season if we'd have been playing with that from from you know, a few games ago. I think he sees him a lot more as a middle three, box to box type player because he's been you know distant in the four two three one. He's been in. He's been. I mean, we've touched on Tom Davies a lot before. He's been in so many different like roles throughout the team. He's been sort of one of the holding players with Idrissa Gay when oh, sorry with with Idrissa Gay and Rooney in the past. He's uh, been covered as number ten. He's been played as the box to box. I, I, I definitely like to see him there over Schneidlin, like in the midfield makeup. Another not the same player, but I think he's more of a positive player than Schneidlin. I think he progresses the ball a lot more than Schneidlin. The only problem Tom Davies has got is, and it's an, it's an unpopular thing I'm about to say, but a lot of our fans don't like our young players, or they've not got any patience for the young players. So every time he has a bad performance or even half a bad performance, it's good he's gonna get it worse than some others and Calvert Lewin suffers with if the same. So I I think I definitely think Davies has signed his long term contract in the summer, haven't been told, listen, we're gonna we're gonna roll for four three three in the future. So you're gonna have a lot more I think he's probably got more of a role to play long term than Sigurdsson has, if that's the way we're gonna play. It's just whether we actually get to that point where Gabaman's back and he's fit and we can roll with that. I mean, and for Iwobi, I mean, everyone wants to, everyone's been saying, I want to see Iwobi as number 10. He plays this for Nigeria. He's a lot more, you know, mobile. He's a lot more, he's a lot busier than Sigurdsson is in that role. Sigurdsson does offer a lot of good things, but when he, when he's not doing it, he's, he's a bit of a passenger and it's frustrating a lot of people. He's a, you know, he's a big player. He's an important player and it shouldn't really matter this, but he's an expensive player. So, People expect more of him. It will be. Look at the second goal where he got the assist. He, he goes beyond the striker and pulls it back so the striker just gets the product in the goal. You'd never see Sigurdsson do that. I, I would be well up for it will be starting more games there for as long as we're continuing with 4-2-3-1 because him and Bernard both together in the team, I think, poses a lot of difficult questions for opposition, more so than probably Sigurdsson does. Sigurdsson's still got his place, but at the minute, just on the strength of what's been played so far, I think it will be probably, you know, he'd get the nod for me. All right, there are uh, a couple other players we haven't really addressed too much. Uh, one of them being Sidibe. 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 <laughs> got to work on that one. Uh, so uh, I, uh, let's roll on to David. Uh he provided the first assist. I, I'm a lot of people are saying that he he looked pretty good. He looked all right. Um, is it a situation where can you imagine a situation where Marco Silva starts giving him Premier League minutes, or are we still thinking he's pretty much going to go in when Seamus Coleman needs a break rather than replacing for a game or two? You know what I mean. I 100% think he's got a chance of playing Premier League football. Um, I did say at the time when he come in, I, I think he might surprise a few people. He's not here to just play back up. He's he's a good player. His, his data last season was as good as, in fact, better than Coleman's. 
He's played four games less than he, he's already got an assist to his name. Coleman, Coleman hasn't this season. Obviously, there's a lot of factors that go into that. It's not that black and white, but he's he's good going forward. He's solid in defence. Um, I think Coleman has to be careful. You know, he's the club captain, so he, he maybe get gets a little bit more leeway. But I think over the next few weeks, Coleman needs to find a bit more form. Otherwise, he's going to come in, in my opinion. Yeah, I I asked this because, you know, when we signed him, I was under the impression Marco wants him to to be an option. You know what I mean? He wants that competition for places. He doesn't want him to be a backup. He wants him to possibly to compete to start. Um mm-hmm. and I've actually had I know one of the questions we had recently from Paul Terry, you know Paul, one of the uh, the other half of the brothers, McAllister. Uh, so, Terry, you're frozen right now, and I could I heard you giggle, but I didn't see your your face is just like doing that. You've been frozen for a while now. So yeah. Anyway, no, but, I'm, uh, I'm doing that on purpose. That's just the way I'm sitting. Yeah, that's nice. I like how you're talking without your lips moving. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, Paul mentioned the possibility. Uh, you know how. You know, possibility of Coleman being replaced, you know, in upcoming matches. Uh, so I wanted to m- mention that to you guys about, you know, how imminent do we think that is? Because, you know, Luca Dean came in really quickly for Leighton Baines and didn't give it up. You know, it was, you know, and I'm, I was assuming that Sadiba was brought in with, with similar intent. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, I asked that because, like you said, David, Coleman is our captain. And he hasn't really, really been like directly responsible for goals where we're like, oh God, he just didn't have the pace. So or, I, oh, he's just I, not... I think he's looked exposed a few times, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I think defensively he's he's looked poor, and going forward he seems he seems to lack that final ball every time. He's it's always this, you know, that right there. It, it, it it's it's almost a hit and hope for me. It's it's put it in and hope for the best. Where there's for me, Sadiq has a little bit more composure in the final third. He, he gets his head up. You know, he attempted two crosses yesterday and two passes into the box, and three of them found the target. So it says to me he's just a little bit smarter with the ball. Um, so for that reason, I just think I, I think he's definitely within his right to be trying to fight to to play. Good, that's good. That's awesome because uh, you got to love the competition. Mm. Um, Max, rolling on to you. Have you heard anybody mention what what how Holgate played yesterday? Because I'm really curious about the idea of us having uh, an, an option uh, if Michael Keane, if for some reason we're concerned about Michael Keane's quickness and being able to track down defenders who are running in behind. No, not really. But I've got I've got to be honest. Like when I was previewing the game with with Tom the other day, I did say that I could. I could envision Mason Holgate starting, just you know, with the game being in, be with the game being in Yorkshire and all, um, lesser opposition, Championship opposition, which obviously they've come up against last season when he was at West Brom. But uh, now nah, I'm a, and obviously you've got to factor the clean sheet into it all as a whole. Um, I'm a huge Mason Holgate fan. Um, uh, uh, his progress maybe hasn't. Flourished as much as, as as we'd have liked, and I think I can you know speak collectively on on Stevensonian's behalf there. You know, especially when you look at someone like John Stone, who come through the same academy and pretty much had a similar career path. But um, 
you know, hope, hopefully, fingers crossed. I, I've, I've heard things coming up that you know we just maybe need to knuckle down a little bit more, and that you know the player that we often see glimpses of will come through full throttle. Um, but yeah, again, it's just another one of those players that I think you need to look at with a little bit of medium to long term perspective. Like still, mm-hmm. I, I can't think of his age off the top of my head. But what is he like? Twenty two, twenty three. So. You know, you're always going to have those kind of inconsistencies. But like David said before, first clean sheet in a while, and the, the you know the coveted defence, which was you know being lauded for being you know uh, so solid after a couple of dodgy games. It, again, that that that's a, that's that rotation's always healthy, and I do feel like he can be a viable you know competitor again to the starting eleven. Yeah, I was really curious about like his concentration and because uh, that was the thing that really stuck out for me when he started kind of we started giving up silly goals because he's not tracking a runner behind him, just just not being entirely focused all the time. That's where it seemed <clears throat> like he started to break down and lose his his starting spot. Well, I mean, and even still at times from the highlights of what I saw this morning, we were still far too switched off from set pieces and. If it was if this was Manchester City that we were up against, we would have been, you know, more than punished for some of the opportunities that we give away. At least um, we're not playing them for a the while, eh, Max? Hey, tell me about it. But yeah, again, that kind of lingering concern about defending from set pieces remains. Uh, just tracking your man, you know, being aware of your surroundings, watching runners coming in from from the edge of the box, like it's pretty. You know, bog standard stuff. And after that, that article that come out from Matt Law from the Telegraph the other day, it did seem rather damning. Um, of course, when it comes to usual kind of journalistic exploits like that, just rubbish them straight away because it just seems to be, you know, the shit peddlers peddling shit. But you know, it, it is a legitimate cause for concern because. It it is just our biggest weakness, isn't it? Really, and Dave, I don't know if you can back me up, but has anyone conceded more goals from set pieces this season than us? I don't actually know that one, mate. But leave it with me. See, it wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me if we're near enough around the top of that list. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's something that needs to be sorted out ASAP. Yeah, and the interesting thing is in that same article, which I read, uh, and again, I'm not sure how much. Uh, Matt Law knows about the inner workings of Everton. I don't know, and I'm not one to, who likes to, you know, trash a journalist before I know anything about his his or her credibility. So there's that. But uh, you know, it, one of the things that he said that was was the fact that Silva has has had these long training sessions, which seems like that would be good. You know what I mean? If you're trying to make sure we get. Our marking down, our zonal marking system down on set pieces. One one would think that would be a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's a that's a juicy. That whole article put out a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of vibes, and a lot of people are making assumptions right now. Journalists, um, I'm telling you, it's mm-hmm. it's conversation, and it definitely got some clicks. So exactly, <laughs> that's the purpose of it. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to give uh, this next question to Terry. And then uh, if anybody has some parting thoughts, we'll go after that. But, Terry, uh, some interesting stuff here against champion championship opposition. Um, 
can we learn anything about what we might do moving forward? Or is this one of those things where it was, it was just sort of uh, playing the best personnel uh, for an earlier round League Cup match? You know what I mean? Like, is, can, we, can we glean anything from Calvert-Lewin scoring two from Iwobi playing centrally? Are, are we going to see that kind of thing uh, this weekend, do you think? Or is this one of those things where we're just like, we saw it, we were playing championship opposition, and there it is. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, we, we're, we probably weren't even playing championship opposition. They rested some of their better players. I'm not trying to take anything away from you know the performance as long as you're in the hat. That's the main thing. But I don't think it will have had a massive impact on the, the City game playing Sheffield Wednesday minus their best players and playing Man City are two very different things. So, uh, Calvert-Lewin's goals, um, good to see him scoring, uh, especially when he's coming in for a lot of stick. Um, but, let's be honest, he always scores in the early rounds of the League Cup. It's, it's Whether that's the opposition, whether that's... Um, Create more chances in those games because we, you know, it's not as packed in the midfield. I'd, whatever it is, he always scores early rounds, so I don't really take anything new from that. I'm happy he's done it, but I don't think it's it's it reveals anything. It will be, yeah, I'd say so. I think it shows that a he's a realistic option there. He looked more dangerous than Sigurdsson's been. I don't know whether he'll start the next game there. Probably not, but he is a definite option. And Sadibe, I mean. It's the only second time we've seen him. He looked better than he did in the first time against Lincoln. So we're now talking about Sidibe. Could he come in and play? Whereas before last night, you know, we had no idea. So it was literally what we were probably always going to do. And fortunately for us, um, Albert Lewin killed the game dead quite early. And fortunately for us, Sheffield United didn't really seem like they were... uh, The crowd seemed like like they were up for it. But their team, the rest of the players... They're not prioritising that game. They're more prioritising their league uh, campaign. So, no, I don't think we can take a lot from it. I think it was just a run-of-the-mill uh, league cup match that went to plan. Whereas in the past, sometimes they blow up in your face. But I think if Silva would have known what the team he was going to play, if come up against, I think he would have probably made more changes. He probably started there. Uh, Lazel and players like that, but obviously he started strong against Lincoln, started strong against Sheffield United. He's clearly been given the uh, the instruction of to take this competition more seriously this time rather than like after going out so early last season. And a lot of people have commented on that as well, Terry. Um, any other parting thoughts, Terry, or, or am I free to move on? Um, no, not really. I mean, good to be in the half for the next round. Let's hope we get a. a, a home draw against not Man City or Liverpool <laughs> and um, huh. you know, let's let's try and win this cup it's it's obviously luck's got a lot of things to do with it but we, it's a cup we've never won we should have won we can win let's go for it nice David anything else from you man no if anyone wants to read a little bit more about the games some of those but basically the, all the plays that we discussed then are the well the three or four plays that highlight I highlighted in my piece and delve into a little bit deeper on on their performances you know that I will be compared to Southampton in the number 10 role and stuff so do check it out if if you want to have a little look and you didn't manage to catch the game that is I'll be doing that after this <laughs> I actually will be um, Max any, anything else but <laughs> Fabian Delft played well hey yeah just that I think there was a, you know, 
a part of the game where he made a, an excellent kind of surge forward, breaking the mm. lines and, and, and holding off a few challenges. And that's something that you know I've, I've really liked how he seemed to hit the ground running during an event. All right. All right, well, uh, if there's nothing else, I'm going to go ahead and close this uh, extra time. Uh, Everton do roll on, which is nice. We have to do a match preview because Everton plays City this weekend. And... Um, I, I, I feel like we should know what to expect, but you never know. Uh, so, so really quick, I'll, I'll go into a little bit about City if you're, you know, if you've been living under a rock. Uh, current form, they're second in the league with 13 points to 4-1-1. One, and one. Previous matches, they, they just uh, beat Preston 3-0 in the League Cup. Last week, they beat Watford 8-0. Uh, they beat Shakhtar in uh, Champions League 3-0. And they lost to Norwich three uh, two. So uh, they've got some. Uh, they I feel like they've got a decent amount of injuries, which is causing them to kind of have to change some things up about their lineup. Uh, I think Laporte is out, Stones is out, uh, Sane is out. So uh, possible lineup. I have no idea if this is legit because Pep always likes to mess around. But uh, possible lineup: uh, Ederson starting in goal. Uh, Walker, Otamendi, Fernandinho has been starting a center back for them, so that may happen again. Uh, Zinchenko, De Bruyne, Rodri, uh, David Silva, and then uh, up front, uh, Bernardo Silva, uh, Aguero, and Sterling. So, Terry, where do you want to begin with this? <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully it's not 8 0. <laughs> and if it if it is, hopefully the goal's going a bit slower than they did against Watford. It's like a goal every like minute and a half or something at one point. Um, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's Man City, isn't it? Uh, the best team probably that the Premier League's ever seen. The only thing you can say is they've they have got their centre. You know, two, this two of the first three centre backs out. So Fernandinho and Atamendi in their defence are a weakness of sorts. Uh, they don't like being pressed anyway, the City defenders. And ironically, I think Fernandinho will probably deal with being pressed a lot more than the centre backs will, the normal centre backs. So I just think we'll do, we I think Norwich did give other teams the blueprints on how to play Man City. Just you know, make it uncomfortable for them, press their centre backs, don't let them, you know, have as much time on the ball in defence as they want. But then you've also got to think what you do about Kevin De Bruyne, what you do, what you do about Bernardo Silva, what you do about Sterling. It's going to be a tough go. It's going to be a tough one. But whisper it quietly. It's not the end of the world if we lose this one. Just saying. I don't think that was that quiet, Terry. But all right, um, it was really loud. I heard all of it. Now, uh, yeah, I mean it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, some people that mentality. Some people are all for it, but I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of ambivalent. I'm sort of happy either way in different ways. If we beat Man City, fantastic. We beat Man City, and you know, there's still thirty odd games to go for the the, the other business to correct itself. But uh, if we don't, we don't. I don't really hold that one against the club because even if our lives depended on it, 
they're an unbelievable team, and it's it's hard for anyone to put a glove on them. Uh, Max, you want to speak on this? Do you have any 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 spots where you feel like you know? It's funny. I was about to say any spots where you feel like they'll give us trouble, but. <laughs> I, you know, that's sort of like, hey, are, are there any thorns on that rose that might prick my finger? You know, yeah. I mean, it's just like a lot of... I know. mean, in, in terms of one-on-one battles, where I feel like they'll have the majority of their success, Sterling down the left, coming up against our right-hand side, it's going to be, you know, it, will it be damage limitation? We don't quite know. But I feel like coming up against this Manchester City side, I don't know, I, I feel like you've almost got to... As you know, as a team, as a collective, as a player in the dressing room individually, you've just got to set set targets and, and and ambitions within the game. You know, go so many minutes without conceding. You know, try and contain them. I think Norwich, what Norwich did exceptionally well is they played themselves out of trouble when they did have the ball. Obviously, because although yeah, Guardiola's tiki taka. Um, obviously, it's in possession. You know what they do in possession, what gets all the uh, all the attention. But just how aggressive they are in in how quickly they try and win the ball back as soon as they lose it, like the time frame in which they manage to close the ball down and win it back. The key of playing your way out of trouble when when you're getting closed down is you know quick one touch passing, play it out of danger zones. Have we got the individual quality to do? At this moment, I'm, I'm not quite sure, especially actually, you know, we look at our Premier League form at the minute now, after the losses against Bournemouth and Sheffield United, like, I don't know. Um, obviously, you go you go off your last two, going off our last two games against them, I don't think we're going to see what we saw at the Etihad. I think we tried to, you know, we we tried to pay them too much respect. I went to the Etihad and, and we played the three at the back, like trying to combat, like, obviously, you know. Playing a five at the back there as well, bunker and back, which just did not go down well at all. We tried to play out from the back, which was just closed down and shut off straight away. Um, you get a lot more hope, for example, from the performance of Goodison, where you know ultimately we only limited them to scoring within the added time of both halves, which again goes back to what I was saying about being able to set yourself, you know realistic and attainable goals where you know can you shut them out until you know can you shut them out until the end of the half can you you know can you can you maintain them growing up Manchester City was always one of those sides like we had a really good record against them when I was younger and growing up like we always seemed to manage to get a result against them like even when the money came in in 2008 obviously they they you know they had to go through the cycle of you know you know, getting on the money with the players that they had in, but still, even for a long period of time, I always thought we had like relative success against them, whether it be home or whether it be away. Um, obviously now, I think since Guardiola's at the helm, it's just a completely different ball game. Uh, we've only beat them three times since 2013, and it has become quite miserable. Um, but. What can I say? What can, what can you say about Manchester City? They probably are the best team in the world for, for me, without a shadow whether that was the best team in the, uh, of the Premier League era. Um, yeah, to be honest, I don't know if I'm going, obviously, because I'll probably be with Accrington. But I, whenever whenever we play City at home or whenever I, go and watch, whenever I go and see Everton against City, what I take from it is I'm, I'm watching Manchester City. You know, this is a 
historical side. This is this this is the team that's going to go down in history. Like it's just so good. It, what can you do? I mean, obviously, I'd love to see Everton be more competitive and you know see City as a as an actual com- competitor and rival. But we're just you know we're miles off that. So, David. When you take a look at, I mean, because I I feel like you're constantly looking at at the statistics and the data and everything about, you know, most Premier League teams. Um, What sticks out for you about this particular match? Something where you're thinking, okay, well, if we if we do X, then we should be we should be okay or be a little bit better off. And that anything in particular where you're thinking where the where the data leads you into certain conversation points. I wouldn't play out from the back. I know we were talking about it then, but I don't think, as as it was touched on, Everton haven't got the play to do so. I also think the the thing of Norwich pressing was a little mm-hmm. bit exaggerated. I think they've done it in, in good parts, but the narrative after the game was they were they really went at City. They they didn't really. They were they were actually quite defensive. They just they scored a goal off pressing, which kind of. I don't know, it almost made made the narrative that maybe wasn't the case. It'll be interesting to see how Silver sets up because Everton are one of the, well, right now, they're the most aggressive pressing side in the Premier League. Um, so I don't know how, how he's going to adjust that on Saturday. But the problem is, if you just, as you both already said, they are the best side the Premier League's probably ever seen. And they, they don't really... They're the best at everything. You know, they've already had an off day a couple of weeks ago at Norwich. Even in that game, they were by far the best team and they were really unlucky not to at least get a draw. They probably should have won it. Um, The only maybe chink in their armour for me from what I've seen is they're not great at set pieces. Um, Pretty, I, I don't think you'd say the poor, but if there's one one place where you, you could maybe take advantage of them is is at set pieces. But except for that, they'd have to have a really off day, like they did at Norwich, and we'd have to be on top of our game. I just can't see Everton having nearly enough to 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 get anything out of the game, unfortunately. So, uh, David, who do you think uh, who do you think Silva's going to start with? In this one, you would full start in eleven. I mean, uh, maybe, you mean maybe maybe your highlights, maybe differences from say against exactly Wednesday. Uh, I think Sigurdsson will come back in. Um, I've got a feeling he's going to go with Calvert Lewin as well, actually, um, just because of the the work rate Calvert Lewin does off the ball, the press, and he does he he, he doesn't give centre backs too long and. If he is going to deploy some sort of pressing game, then Calvert Lewin is probably going to be important to that. Personally, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Moise Ken play just purely from, firstly, a non-football perspective. I know someone's work behind the scenes getting the banner out there. It'd be nice if he could then go on to play in that game. Um, <clears throat> from a from a football point of view, it'd be nice for him to try and get a goal in a, a huge fixture like that. But I think he'll go Calvert Lewin. I'll be honest, Jerry. I think he's going to play it safe again. I think we're just going to see the, the same four-two-three-one with the likes of maybe a Wobie back out on the left instead of Bernard, or yeah, it'll be Richarlison on the right. 
same sort of midfield. There's not going to be that much imagination, in in my opinion. Schneiderlin coming back in. Yeah, although I don't dislike Schneiderlin as much as, as everyone else. I, I totally agree. I think it was you that said before, Terry, about he's, uh, he, he's not very adventurous going forward. I totally agree with that. He, he, he doesn't have that confidence to do it. But I think he does do this stuff that you don't pick up on really well. I think he breaks down play quite well. And uh, sometimes he does them too much, but he's good at you know, just recycling the ball with those five or ten yards passes, keeping it moving. If he could just add a little bit more of a direct intent to his game, I think he could still be a good midfielder. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't ever, I don't ever anticipate that we're gonna we're gonna see that in him, which is a shame because it could take him to that next level. And Coleman coming back in? Yeah, definitely. Okay, um, Max. Yeah. What are you thinking? All the, those, all of the, those things that he just the, said. You're like, same. I agree. <laughs> yeah, the same. To be honest, I can just see the same, the same setup with the emphasis, you know, being defensive. Do you think it'll be? Do you think it'll be a uh, Moise Kane or DCL up at striker? DCL, it's got to be like you know, stretching the pitch. He always gives that that option if we want to play it longer. He'll be there to get you know. He's that out ball, ball, isn't he? Really? Yeah. 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 He always played well at City as well. Have you noticed? Like he yeah. always has a good game against Man City, Calvert Lewin. Yeah, too. yeah he, I thought he was instrumental in those um, that run of fixtures at the back end of last season against the top sides, where um, Everton seemed to be winning, win, winning them all. Goodison, he seemed to just be really important for the, for that purpose of you know doing those runs in behind, pressure coming short, going up for all the aerial duels and. Yeah, it's probably you're right. It's it's probably his perfect game. Uh, additionally, uh, Calvert Lewin's our best striker in the air, and if they they've got one fewer of their normal center backs, who would be back there? And if we choose to sit there and whip in crosses all game, um, that's just more reason to put him in there. Mm. Um, yeah. So Pickford, Coleman, Keane, Mina, Luca Dean, Delph, Schneiderlin, Iwobi, Sigurdsson, Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin. Unless Gomez is back, then I could see him coming in for Schneiderlin. Hey, mm. hey, hey. I would, I would love to see Andre Gomez. It's just been a while, you know? It's too long. Because <laughs> I feel like, I mean, just to, just to throw it out there, I feel like this has been said before. Um... It's affected our it's affected our play. It feels like Gomez not being in there. It feels like we just we've been clinging on to really kind of ugly performances. I don't know for some reason it just it hasn't felt it hasn't felt like us without Andre Gomez in there. Is this me just thinking he's awesome and being totally biased here, or or what? I'll let one of the other. That's for anybody, by the way. Yeah, I'll I'll (laughs) let one of the other lads answer because I. uh, um, I'm not blown away by Gomez, unfortunately. I do like him. I like that. He, I like what he brings to the club off the pitch, and I think yeah, I think he does okay. But I don't, uh, I don't rate him as highly as everyone else. Who's taking it? I was like, either one of you guys. Silence is deafening there. Go on, Max. Max breaking up on me. Oh, no. oh, oh, okay, okay, you're good, Max. Please, I'm back now. Mm, 
I'd, I'd, I'd echo the same sentiment as Dave in a way. I just think coming off the, you know, I mean, I know it's a few seasons back now, but you go from that 17, the end of that 17, 18 season, like, he just brought a flair and a finesse, uh, a comfortability on the ball, very graceful, shields it well, probably doesn't play as many progressive forward passes as he should and doesn't get involved in, in you know, goal-scoring opportunities. But I've just kind of conceded that this team is just not creative from central areas, to be honest. Um, I do. He is my preferred partner alongside Delph, given that you know he is, uh, you know, the general consensus consensus is that he's you know and a player with attack and intent. And uh, you've got Delph to to mop up and do the defensive duty there. But yeah, if he, if he's fit, I do see him coming back in because he, he's like he's, he's a starter, isn't he? Make no mistake about that. Terry, anything on that? I mean, I, I, I do rate him quite highly. Um, I think he's the he, he's definitely the sort of heartbeat of the of Silver's team. Like, I, 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 I wouldn't say he's got this earth-shattering, um, you know, effect where those two defeats would have turned into wins if he'd have been on the pitch. But I think we're a better team with him than with Schneiderland, definitely. Um, and I, I don't want to get hung up on the same point every time, but I, I'd love to see him in a four-three-three and you know a little bit more freedom to you know carry the ball forward um, and see how he gets on then. But um, I hope he's back because I, I definitely think he should start if he's fit. I love him, and that's what I will say. Now, <laughs> there's a certain arrogance of, about him, and it's a positive type of arrogance when he has the ball. Um, just very poised and and Schneiderlin the good thing about Schneiderlin is he's usually going to not give the ball away in the back you know uh, I feel like Andre Gomez that's one of the things that we saw at a Davis yesterday he was very forward thinking but he did give the ball away and took some risks um, I feel like Andre Gomez kind of gives you a little bit of what Schneiderlin gives you in terms of defense, but also he gives you a little bit more of the forward thinking in Davis, but maybe not quite as much. He's kind of you know in between, uh, which what the, what those players give you, um, but um, yeah, and he just ups the attractive quality, mm. big time, Mister mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hugfest. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I, we all we hope he's back, but you never know. I mean, he had what messed up ribs. Is that what it was? He had cracked ribs? Yeah. That's a weird It's injury. an awkward injury to get over that as well. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. So we'll see. All right, so really quick predictions. Terry, what's the score going to be? 3-1 Manchester City. Max, the score? 4-1 City. 4-1 City. Dave? 2-0 City. 2-0 City. Yeah. And I said 2-0 City as well. All right. So that's it. Uh, let's hope we're all wrong. All right. That'd be great. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for If You Know Your History, the Everton-based quiz segment that pits Max versus Terry versus David in a cage match of Toffee's wit and might. 
It's more like a real case. It's kind of like a battle royale. That's what we got going on triple here. Triple threat. If it's a monkey, yeah, three I'm, people, it's a triple threat, not a battle royale. Trip. Is it not? See, you know, I was <laughs> I was all it, proud but... of my I was all proud of my knowledge there, Max. <laughs> I was so proud of my wrestling knowledge. Sorry to shoot you down. Yeah, Pete, all in my cornflakes. So, so, hey, so maliciously as well, just straight in there, just letting you know the facts. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not hair splitting. Mm. All right, so uh, let's move on to the quiz itself. Uh, this is going to be a Price is Right style quiz. I will be telling these gentlemen uh, the name of a player, and they will have to tell me how many goals said player has scored in his Everton career uh whoever's closest wins is the way we'll go on that so yeah so that's what's uh, that's what's going on and uh we're not worried about whether or not uh, they guess over we're just trying to figure out who gets closest all right so i have a uh fake coin worth half a cent uh david yeah call it in the air please heads or tails heads please say it it is tails. Oh, nightmare. All right. So now, because I have three of them, I, I got to go to the others. All right. So, Max, heads or tails? Tails. It is heads. Oh, so, essentially, Terry, you pick the order. Who goes first, second, and third? Max first, David second, me third. All right. We have our, we have our order. Let's, let's begin. Insert intense quiz music. Oh, there it is. Oh man, super intense. So, yes, we're all we're all staggered by how intense it is. Starting with Max, how many goals has Idrissa Gay scored for Everton? Um, oh, I probably I should probably know them. I'm gonna say four. Okay, Max says four. David. Two. David says two. Terry. Five. Five. Actual retail price for Just Gay goals. Four goals scored for Just Gay. Leave it to Max to know the exact number. It's really typical. Sorry. It's just, yeah. Uh, all right. Next. Yakubu. David. Yakubu. How many goals did the Yak score? Um. Uh, um I think. Uh, 39 39 Terry 38 38 Don't follow my lead, I'll only let you down <laughs> Max, he, how many goals did the Axe score? He had the season where I think he scored 22, didn't he? Um, 37, go on How many? 37 I see 37. how it is, gentlemen I see how it is. In a row? Alright so, the Yak, the Yak, uh, the Yak scored 33 goals for Everton. Max gets another point by being just straight up devious. Like All glasses, right. Glasses are coming off here. <laughs> uh, all right, so, next, Terry, Andy Johnson. 34 goals. 34, says Terry. Max. Not that steep. 28. 28 says Max and David. 24. 24. 
David, the strategery paid off. Andy Johnson scored 22 ah. goals for Everton. So now it is two to one to nil. All right. Max, Leon Osman. <sighs> what an awful player. I know, that's a horrible player to give me. Um, Sorry, man. <laughs> you're out of order, Jerry. Yeah, I know, I know. 50. 50. All right, David. Um, 48. 48. And Terry. 40. 40. Well, you should have gone the other way. Leon Osman, 57 goals. You know, you know what, right? I knew that he, he scored something like in 14 consecutive Premier League seasons or something similar, and I was trying to work out in my head how that would work out, but it's sure the lost. <laughs> All right. So, uh, David, we're coming back to you. Uh, Kevin Campbell. Oh. Twenty-six. Twenty-six says says David about Kevin Campbell. Uh, Terry. Thirty. Thirty and Max. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. I think Terry. You know. Was, yeah. He was there a while. That's all. He scored forty-seven. Yeah, I, I knew straight away. Ah. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Terry's on the board, ladies and gentlemen. With. Kind of a by default <laughs> response. Yes, there you go. <laughs> All right, so uh, next, let's see here. Terry, uh, Thomas Redzinski. Oh, what player? Best player I ever got back of my shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Rooney was there, so what was I thinking? Uh, <laughs> and then he left to go to the might of Fulham for the bigger move, didn't he, if I remember correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Slugged us off when he left, said Rooney. Yeah. Mm. Good guy, can't trust those Canadians, can you, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> With their ham like bacon. <laughs> <laughs> um, 25 goals. 25 goals, says Terry. Max. 23. 23 and David 19 19 uh Terry's got a little run here 25 on the dot guys oh wow nice. oh he was my main man he really loves that player <laughs> yeah. the badge that had the uh, the sort of glitter effect inside yeah I remember that was, was that the 100 year one no it was uh, no. the year after that it was Love the it, yeah. oh sorry the badge itself I, yeah I remember yeah it was 17th, unfortunately, but, um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so Cajun on the front, and a sort of glitter effect inside the badge. We've never done it since, and with good reason, it didn't look any good, but that was uh-huh. done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next player, Max, is leading us off. Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson. Um, uh, 20. 20 says Max. David. 23. 23. And Terry. 
22. This is one of those instances where I have to have a tiebreaker. Is it 21 then? Is that right? The correct answer is 21. One off, you're messing. (sighs) I'm just receptive on outlets. Yeah, so, as a tiebreaker, assists. There we go. So, to to break that tie on that point, uh, Terry, how many assists? You'd have well more if Walcott could finish, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with seven assists. Seven assists from Terry. Probably won't be that many, will really. it? I say eight. Go on, hit me with it. Okay, league assists at Everton. I feel like Jerry yeah, should grow me in out a little bit. Um, ten. Wow. Okay, so who guessed eight? Max. All right. Four. Max has four. David's got one. Terry's got two. All right. So, next, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to figure out. Let's see here. David goes, uh, is the next one. So, David, uh, Umar Nias. Nine. Oh, I'm well off. Oh, I'm leaving it. All right. Yeah. Terry? 13. 13. And Max? 12. 12. Uh, David, you weren't well off. It was nine. I oh, wasn't, yeah. I actually thought it was going to be less. Mm. Oh. Nah, man. You're on, you're on point. All right. Uh, so, Terry, Stuart Barlow. <laughs> Um, didn't see him. Gonna guess ten. <laughs> All right, Terry says ten. Well, Max. Nine. Yeah, I'm good mates for this lad. Um, I don't know. Twelve. Twelve and David. Fifteen. Fifteen, and it was ten. So oh, fuck. we're four to three to two right now, guys. The Pretty close. Of an Umani goal. I knew nothing. <laughs> Just bounce them off me shin. Uh, Alright, so uh, we go to Max. Ramiro Funes Mori. Bloody hell. Um, Corners, headers. Four. Max says four. David. Two. Two. Terry. Five. Five, and it was five. I don't remember any of those goals. Bournemouth and City at all. That's all Chelsea, I remember. Chelsea, Chelsea yeah. when he ran into the crowd like an idiot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> loved a knee slide, did me used to love all that. Mm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. So, uh, interestingly enough, this one falls to David, the guy who has interviewed the man. Royston Drenta. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, what? Never come up actually. Um, <laughs> he didn't score a lot. Four, I'm going for. Four. Mm. Uh, Terry. Three. Three and Max. No, Terry. He scored an absolute belter against Fulham away. 
And I think he scored against Blackpool. I'm going to say two. They're the only two that come to me as Fulham and Blackpool. All right. David, the inside knowledge pays off. <laughs> David got that one. It's four, four to four to three, guys. This is uh, pretty competitive, and we only got four more questions. <clears throat> All right, so when it's going to go, who's got the most at the end? Uh, next, Terry, James Beatty. <laughs> the second name I got on my shirt. <laughs> I had to stop after that because I kept ruining the players. Mm. <laughs> Twenty-two. 22, Max. 20. 20, and David. 16. Oh, yeah, 16. I, don't think, I don't think it's high, me. I think it's in the teens. It is in the teens. It is 15. Yeah. David has just tied all this up, guys. It is 4 to 4 to 4. We got ourselves a little right over <laughs> here. <laughs> Very nice. All right. So, Max, we're back to you. What's up, man? Theo Walcott. Oh, fucking hell. Um. Honest debut. Oh my god. Six. Alright, Max says six. David, Theo Walcott. Theo Walcott. What what was yours, Terry? I haven't gone. Terry hasn't gone. Max said six. Um, I'm gonna go with seven. (laughs) Alright, Terry. God, I wanted to go with seven. Um, Eight. Eight. I know it's not that high, but I don't think it is anyway. It's nine. Ooh. Nine. All right. Where is he getting nine goals from? <laughs> so that is uh, that puts Terry at five, David at four, and Max at four. Now, initially, I had set out to say first to five wins, but I got two more questions. Fresh as well. All right. Oh, could tie it up feasibly. Yeah, I, I, all, all three of you with five. So then I pick the song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so let's see here. That was that was Max first. So now we're on David. Uh, Victor Anichibi. 28. 28. Terry. Oh, 21. I don't think it was high. One and Max. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Twenty-six. Twenty-six. Max is closest on that. Uh, so Max, hold on. Is that not a? Is that not a split? That's a split decision. Hold that, on. Is it? Oh, I didn't even see that. Oh, yeah, it I is a split. I see how it is, Jerry. I see how it is. Palms <laughs> are being greased. I should have, should have said twenty-six. <laughs> <laughs> you want to try assists and see uh, see what that looks like. <laughs> Um, okay, am I going first? Sure. I'll, I'll go with... Oh, not a lot. I'm going to go with six. I'll go with four. Even even that was generous by me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you ready? What? Yeah. Um, 26 goals, 20 assists. What? Not having that. I'm like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know they don't come training, don't they? <laughs> Alright, so that gives David by default by that default, point. Yeah. And the the last last question guys. Uh Terry, David Unsworth. Oh my word. Um 
he was on penalties for a while, so it'll be, it'll be a bigger number than you'd expect for a defender. Oh, 24. It's a complete stab. All right, Max. 19. 19. And David. 32. 32. <sighs> Correct answer is 42. 42. David, that was the last question that pushes David over the top by getting the last two correct. That means David is our winner of the, uh, you know, Price is Right style quiz. Uh, really good competition, guys. You guys are all pretty damn impressive. David, the uh, your, 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 your cup, your trophy, your medal for winning this quiz is you get to pick the song we play out the, the, the pod to. So what would you like to hear? What would you like for us to play? Um, Suck It and See by the Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> Suck It and See <laughs> by the Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, just on the right. David Unsworth, I'm pretty sure he's the second highest, highest sorry, second highest scoring defender in the Premier League. Yeah, I'm Bainsey. No, John Terry. Is it? Yeah, head was surprising. All right, so uh, why are we listening to Suck It and See by the Arctic Monkeys? It's just a good victory song, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's also a very good song, so it's okay. uh, it's something for the podcasters to enjoy. Ah, very nice, very nice. So as we as we. Uh, have a moment of reflection as we listen to Suck It and See by the Arctic Monkeys. Uh, it's time to end the Toffee Blues podcast. Uh, if, if you're not subscribed to us, that would be cool if you did. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Uh, so so there's that. Uh, and if you're kind of like, uh, I want to see David's cut beard. Well, you could actually see it if you were watching our YouTube channel. So you should check us out on YouTube as well. You can subscribe there. There's, there's all kinds of... Uh, of, of, yeah, images of us there. That's there's a thing. Uh, and if you if you want more David, check out his Twitter. He's gonna be uh, yeah. He's he's on uh, a lot of podcasts. He does uh, drops a lot of uh, football related content. Uh, statistics data guru. So uh, please check out his Twitter. He'll tell you when and where he's gonna be. Um, Max has a lot of stuff going as well. So keep an eye on his Twitter. Uh, he'll be telling you when he uh, drops some of his content, but also some of his new enterprises he's got going on. And, uh, yeah, that wasn't just me saying it. He really has new enterprises going on. No kidding. So that's a thing. And uh, lastly, uh, if you want more Terry Liverpool Echo fan jury, and find the man and hug him. There you go. Give the man a hug. Check out the Toffee Blues uh, website. There's all things Everton there. Lots of uh, Everton-based content from contributors that show up here. Yeah, so check that out. Um, and follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's it. That's all I've got. David, welcome back. It's good to see you, man. Glad to know you're, you're doing awesome. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Max, my man. See you later. Good to see you, man. As always. All right. Take care, buddy. Terry, you've been frozen for half of this. I, I, I would just take any kind of greeting from you as, as assurance that you are still living. Yeah, still definitely here, still alive. Take it easy, guys. Ex- excited to hear it. Thanks so much, Terry. Uh, and that's it for, uh, for these guys. I'm going to go ahead and say bye. So, uh, yeah, bye.
Oh.